listening to the New Century Multiverse, The Princess Thieves. Chapter 15. Shattering Illusions Thursday Afternoon Meanwhile, Oberyn, Viola, and Ajax had entered the Thirsty Hog downstairs, and Oberyn was negotiating with Scarlet for his brother's safekeeping. I'll take him, but look at how things went at the timber mill. You've got to be here every day to look after him. Can you do that? Can you always be there? Yes. Not like you have that many options. I don't know what else you could do with him. There's no human or dwarf institution that'll accept someone like him. We took that responsibility ourselves. I won't send him away. Forget any plans that involve that. You're not going to like this at all. But it's got to be said. <sighs> Oberon, considering where we came from and how... If... If he kills someone, if he arms someone and you're not around, I'll take him out myself. How can you say that? With great difficulty. But you and I have to be deadly serious about this and use our brains, not only our hearts. That archer is a genuine threat to everyone in this room. He's getting worse. And whether we accept it or not, he represents the sudden, unexpected snuffing out of other lives. Okay. You're right. I hate that you're right. But let me promise you this. Once this princess business is over, I'll take him, and we'll go away together. Where will you go? Back to Celador, then head south over the Green Sea following the footsteps of the Aka who went that way. If we find a new home where we... If we find a place where he won't be too much of a danger to those around him, where there are strong enough Aka, maybe we can live out our lives there. And if not? Then we won't. But I'm the only one who needs to be responsible for him. I won't burden others with that. Are you going to tell Robin? I'll tell him before we leave, but he needs his head in this game right now. Scarlet nodded and gently touched the scar beside Oberyn's right eye. You're a great brother to have. Oberyn touched her shoulder and turned back to Viola, who was sat across from Ajax and Mortimer, wolfing down a bowl of soup and chunks of treacle from the larder. Hey, Tiny. Thank you for your help this morning. Just doing what I do. Preventing calamity. Don't thank me. The afternoon passed slowly. Robin eventually emerged from the upstairs and the events of the past few days were discussed with Scarlet. Robin departed for an hour with Silver to make arrangements at the soup kitchen, and Oberyn went to retrieve their belongings from Mortimer's house. Viola spent a while playing indoor coits with Ajax. 
Mortimer sat alone with nothing to do but read her book and clean her weaponry. Gwendolyn alternated periods of unconsciousness with crying and laughing. Scarlet set up a sleeping room in the basement for all assembled and conversed with various hoods who passed through the thirsty hog as to word on the street. Apparently, East London was abuzz with news of a mysterious, masked, coated lady with beautiful blue eyes who had offered to feed everyone. Many suspected this to indeed be the missing princess. Viola ground her teeth. Robin, on his return, paced about but did not confront her. When the hour approached, Gwendolyn came downstairs to the waiting pub full of assembled thieves. Shall we go then? They split into groups and traveled far apart. Robin took the first cab with Gwendolyn. Viola and Mortimer followed behind. Oberyn, Ajax, and Scarlet came third. Viola was now focusing on making Gwen look like a plain washerwoman, since her earlier disguise had now made her infamous in a different way. Robin, with the appearance of a short chimney sweep, sat alongside her. They did not speak, but sat staring at one another through the masks as London drew past the window. At six bells, as they reached the Lampwick kitchens, the cabs had to stop short because the street was jam-packed. They went in the back way and approached the cooks who were being assisted by various hoods in doling out the soup. Robin had arranged for several cauldrons and raided the nearby bakeries for rolls. In her washerwoman guise, Gwendolyn was afforded no politeness, and the crowd had shoved past her. She had been elbowed and kicked absently. Seeing her discomfort, Robin had stepped in front to at least shield that side, but the princess had a plan. Gwen decisively retrieved her tricorn hat from a bag she was carrying and placed it on her head, pulling her scarf over her lower face and gesturing for Viola to drop the glamour. The little dwarf shook her head, pleadingly. In response, Gwen defiantly cried out, Are you all enjoying your soup? Her strong, refined voice carried. She got the attention she had been looking for. Two hundred eyes locked on her position behind the steaming soup cauldron. Can you see who she is? Oh, get her scarf off. Ah, leave her alone. Gwen had been beaming, but the tide had turned in the past few minutes. The difficulty was in getting everyone to disperse and allow others to get their food because everyone had been searching the room for Lady Catherine. Now she had revealed herself, nobody was leaving at all, and the momentum became a shoving match towards the soup. What had begun as a charitable gesture had now warped into a chaotic circus. There were not enough hoods to keep order and the watchmen were already on their way. Robin was knocked to one side and Gwendolyn lost her grip on his hand. The princess began to panic. She had never seen so many people all crammed into one place before. Viola hopped up onto Oberyn's shoulder and shouted at him over the din to push forward to Gwendolyn. His human mask had melted away and he was now clearly an Arca in a room full of violently shoving humans. One of the cauldrons was knocked over and people began to trip and fall on the hot, slippery floor. Somebody punched Oberyn and several knees all came up at once. He buckled and Viola toppled forwards. He grabbed for her, but she had already been trampled on, crying out in fear and alarm. Get the green skin out of here! <laughs> Oberyn lurched forward and snatched up Viola, barging through the throng before him. We're leaving! But it was too late. In her fall, Viola had let go of the spells on Robin and Gwen as well, and people were now looking at the shabbily dressed princess and crying out in amazement, delight, and fury. Men lunged forward to grab her. Women clawed at her hair. The hat was torn off, as was the scarf, and her face was laid bare for all to see. Gwendolyn screamed in dismay. Scarlet appeared behind her and grabbed the princess, pulling the girl through the kitchen and into the back alley. Oberyn had hold of Viola and Robin as he followed suit, and they found Ajax and Mortimer waiting for them out there. Viola had cast a blanket of confusion as they left, and now, from the horrific sounds coming from behind the door, she wished she hadn't. 
So, so that's what this was all about for you. You wanted London to love you. You wanted to stand in the middle of an adoring crowd and be their queen of hearts. Well, I hope you're happy. <laughs> of course I'm not. The Watchmen will be combing Whitechapel for you soon. We've got to get back to the Org and regroup. The band made their way east, stealthily through the back streets and alleyways. Gwen removed and discarded her coat, and without a word, Robin offered her his. She took it gratefully and pulled the hood down low over her face. As they journeyed, Viola continued her admonishing of the princess. How many times have I told you how rotten it is out here? Did you not listen? Did you not believe me? I couldn't believe you. How was I supposed to be queen of a country like the one you painted for me? I wanted... I wanted to do something nice for people. But you wanted recognition. Yes. I actually understand. Thank you, Robin. I'm so sorry for all of this. All of you. No skin off my nose. I already despise the proletariat. Is everyone else alright? Just bruises. Some bastard punched me in the head. I think my stitches have burst. We need to see to those quick. Oh, I hate this feeling so much. It's frightening, isn't it? Yes. They had stopped in an awning close to a water pump while Scarlet looked for the least crowded way through. Several human children were approaching the pump with buckets, and Arca Girl was making her way over from the opposite alley. Her presence drew glares and sneers from the men drinking on one of the doorsteps. Oi, what you go on, eh? What you go on? Get out of it, there's no water for your kind. <laughs> Things had turned extremely nasty extremely suddenly. The men were now up on their feet as the Archerchild waited patiently in line, clearly trying her best to ignore them. Their expressions in the lamplight were scowling and fierce. Gwen began to step forward. Oberyn stopped her. Stay. This is just what we have to deal with. No, I can't. You've already shown your face in London. We literally cannot afford any more attention. Listen, after those people over there move, we go on through and up that lane. Don't you dare lift a finger. This is so hateful. The bottle crashed to the cobblestones a foot from the Arca child. The humans in front of her scattered away and fled, leaving the pump for her alone. The men were roaring at her now. Oi, Greenskin! You dare! No water! No home for you. One or two of them had noticed Ajax, Scarlet, and Oberyn standing in the shadows. What is this whole family? All of you clear out of London. There's no room. There ain't work for real people. And there's nothing for goblins. You hear me? No room for you. Mortimer stalked in the direction of their escape, waving the rest of them along. It wasn't clear yet, but it would have to do. Scarlet began to move, pulling Ajax and Oberyn with her. Gwen and Viola, heads down, started to follow. Robin remained. He walked towards the loudest of the men. His face had gone pale and stiff, his eyes flared, his breathing ragged as he fought for control. He walked past the man who was getting ready to take a swing and approached the child as she filled her bucket. Sweetheart, would you like me to carry that for you? 
You're very brave, but this is too dangerous. I'll help you get this home, but is there another pump you can go to? Robin? The other pump makes people sick. The nearest after that is worse than this. I'll be alright. Oi, come here! Rob! Thank you again, sir. Loxley! The cries of his companions did not draw his attention away as the men closed around the pair and the thieves turned. Thirty feet of wet pavement stood between them and the pump. The loudest towered over him and stared down, breathing fast, ready to lash out. Robin's entire demeanor changed, along with his voice. All right, lads, this is done. Don't worry about it, she's going. I'll get her off your hands. I don't think so, son. She's taking human water. Damn like a bat now, you know it's everyone's. We got a share. Come on, let me get her home. No home for this kind in London. Give us the water back. The Arca child took the bucket from Robin's hand and poured the water out on the street. Then, with a defiant eye, she turned to go. The thieves had almost reached the group. You cheeky little slip! Get your ass back here! No! There was a sudden, devastating flash. The man had lunged past Robin to grab at the girl's ponytail, and Robin had sidestepped only to be grabbed by another of the men. His shirt collar was yanked back along with his left hand. His right flung forward and punched at the first man, but it was accompanied by a burst of flame which immediately set the fellow's hair and beard on fire and scorched the skin off the right side of his face. His screams filled the alleyway and the men around them fled as he staggered backwards and fell to the ground. Scarlet leapt to the pump and yanked the handle, spraying him with water and extinguishing the flame, but his wailing cut through the night air. Gwendolyn and Viola stared at Robin, aghast, as the lamps went out and they were shrouded in darkness. The face they had seen was filled with disgust, fury, and self-revulsion. The Arca child had fled. What remained of the man on the cobblestones clutched at his face and howled. Make it! Now! The group split up. The Arcas went one way, the humans and Dwart went the other. They eventually made it into cabs and returned to the Thirsty Hog, where Gwendolyn boldly pulled Robin upstairs to Scarlet's room again. The sharp memory of their intimate connection here hit them both as she demanded, Tell me the truth. Who are you? have been listening to the princess thieves the performers for this episode were scarlet and mortimer performed by sharon shaw oberon performed by matt wardle the nag performed by spencer lieb princess gwendolyn performed by theo lee viola performed by loretta sailor robin performed by alex shaw various londoners performed by james bachelor matt ramsey and alex and sharon shaw Arca Girl, performed by Willow Shaw. The Princess Thieves' theme was Arrival by I. Sazanov of Shockwave Sound. Celtic Impulse, Ossuary, and Angevin, composed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes provided by Tabletop Audio and ASMR Rooms. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lecluse. Abel Savard, Angus Lee, 
Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. 